All right, everybody. My guest today is Kaushik Prakash. Now, just let me, I mate, did I, did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, that was great. That was great. <laughs> yes. Okay. So he's the managing director of, is it Valeo or Valio? Oh, uh, Valio. Valio Marketing. I got that wrong. So Valio Marketing, there'll be a link in the description to go and learn more about them. And uh, they do a lot of the same stuff that I do here at Legal Sites. And in today's um, episode, we're going to sort of uh, ramble on about a few things, but we're really going to focus on um, content marketing for law firms, but specifically um, what you can do if you're lacking a bit of time, lacking a bit of expertise, and you're not fully under, um, sure of you know how it's actually going to generate work for the law firm. So I'm going to sort of give my opinion and then uh, Kaushik might um, strongly disagree with me. And we'll just see um, if we're friends at the end of it. But uh, look, in my opinion, that I think the order... Um, of priority is content for SEO, content for social media and content for building an email list. And if you're strapped for time, you might want to be uh, prioritizing those things. But we'll get into that soon. And we'll talk about sort of um, what sort of maybe mediums you should be using. Should they be articles, videos, whatever? Um, And we'll we'll see where it it goes. So um, before we dive in, though, uh, there are some links in the description for this episode. So there's a law firm marketing plan. That's a free download at legalsites.com.au. You can apply for a coaching call with me one-on-one. And I've also included a a few affiliate links for products and services that I use. So that means if you do click on those things and you make a purchase, then I will get a a cut and that does help support this podcast. So if you wanted to build a WordPress website, for example, host a website, start a podcast, whatever. So the things that I like to use, there'll be links in the description if you want to learn more about those. And uh, you can also maybe make my day and leave a five-star review um, for the podcast, that would be great. I do read the reviews and they make me really happy. And uh, and just uh, sub- consider subscribing on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you th- can think of someone who uh, would really benefit from listening to uh, this podcast, and please consider sharing it with that person. And if there are other guests that you want me to interview um, in future, and then just let me know. And finally, I just want to introduce myself properly. I'm your host, Brennan Kelso, law grad turned law firm marketing specialist, founder of LegalSites.com.au, and you're listening to the Better Law Firm Marketing Podcast. And in this podcast, you'll learn how to leverage the most time-efficient law firm marketing strategies to get more leads, more clients, and more profit. So that's enough of that. Uh, let's get on with it. So uh, thanks for being patient and, and waiting for me there, Kaushik. Oh, that, that was a great intro. Uh, that's pretty cool. I read off my Google document. So <laughs> you'd think after it 50 was, episodes- it, it, it was very soothing. I want to say that. Soothing. No one's ever said that. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. So how about we get into this content stuff? So you talk about it a lot on your LinkedIn profile. So um, I'll probably include a link in the description for your LinkedIn. So if someone wants to learn more about content marketing for law firms, your place is, it's a good place to, to learn at your, uh, your LinkedIn profile. So like, what were your thoughts? I, I said in the intro, I think that, uh, Let's first of all, let's talk about sort of why maybe a lot of law firms, especially small to medium-sized law firms, why they might not be engaging in consistent and effective content marketing. So I said lack of time, lack of expertise, and not really understanding how it's going to generate work. So what do you think of that? Can you think of any other reasons that might be preventing law firms from doing it? Mm, not really. I think it's just, I think you explained it, right? Um, and one of the things I've noticed when it comes to content is like, the BD team has to rely on the partners and mm-hmm. oftentimes 
like the communication there could be like not the greatest because the lawyer, typically the lawyers put out the content and the BD team has to, you know, make it less legal so that the readers can read it. And lawyers are busy. BD team members are busy. So yeah, lack of time and direction is a, is another problem as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and did I, okay. Maybe lack of, um, like resources, like financially. So maybe they know that they probably should be outsourcing it. Maybe they don't really have the budget at the moment as well. It could be another reason. Oh yeah, for sure. I think, so like, what do you think in terms of like, so, so you see law firms putting out content, right? Hmm. Um, Do you think they do their research before putting out content or is it more, uh, let's put out content and see what works. It's probably more of the latter. It's hard to really know how much research and, and planning is going to the content uh, for you know the law firms that I observe. Uh, um, some of it's great. Um, more often than not, I think that they've got good intentions, but they're kind of just not really sure how, maybe how to research, why that's important. So basically, like, the answer to your question is like probably I'm probably not. I'm probably assuming not a lot of research is going into a lot of law firm content marketing, but yeah. What do you think? Uh, so one the, the things I see, like, Oh, um, I don't want, I want to bash your lawyers because you know, they are my target audience as well, but uh, most of them are doing great. They know the importance of content marketing, how to build their brand trust credibility with their clients. But at the same time, it's more of like, Hey, look today, I want to write about this topic. So, I'll write about this, tell my BD team to, you know, edit it and like publish it. So I'm like, all right, that's a great start. But do you know what your readers want to read about? Um, They're like, "Mm, no, I just like put out content that I want to write about. And I think that's where there's a huge disconnect. Like, so, you know, it's like supply means demand, right? So here that's not the case. So I think like lawyers and law firms need to like, determine user intent before publishing content. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if, you, if you're if you a law firm and you have a go at some content marketing, maybe you, you do some blog articles and then um, maybe you've made a handful of them and your life hasn't really changed at all as a result, except you've just sort of spent time on something that hasn't really produced results. I think that can be pretty discouraging. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I've I can have an, I'll give you a good example. Like I'm working um one of my new clients, I've gone through and had a look at some of their old blog posts from many years ago. And he, he sort of did a few about 10 years ago and didn't really do any after that. And kind of one of the areas that one of the reasons why I didn't really go anywhere was that he was doing blog posts like he would do a blog post on drink driving. And it was just the blog post is just called drink driving. And then it lists, you know, the um, the blood alcohol concentration for a mid-range drink driving offence and, um, you know, penalties. Um, and and I'm like, and it's just, it's just so like, it's so broad that, that the, like if you were to Google a keyword like drink driving laws, New South Wales, the chances of a small law firm ranking 
for such a broad keyword, it's almost zero. Because we're, yeah. we're talking like government websites. We're talking like maybe the the absolute top 1% of law firms could possibly rank for a keyword like that. But like a small law firm, no. So that's where I've observed this guy's blog posts were just way too broad and trying to cover way too much information in one blog post instead of doing a, a post on a really specific keyword like, okay, let's just talk about mid-range drink driving offences or something more specific. So that's some, one, one little thought that I thought I'd add. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely like a great way to go because I see a lot of law firms, they just like put everything down. It's like they had it in like a notes folder and they just like, all right, put this as an article. I think like splitting them up into like smaller, more, I don't want to say shorter pieces because some of them can be too short, like legal updates. Oh my God, I hate legal updates. But but yeah, make them into like something which it could be split into multiple topics is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. What do you mean by legal updates? All right. So I work with like a lot of law firms. So they put out legal updates, which are basically changes in the law, right? Mm. And that's great. Uh, but that's not, it's great for your email newsletter subscribers because they already showed intent, right? Because they subscribe to your newsletter because they thought you had something valuable to offer. But if you're a first time reader, and we want to get to know more about your law firm and how you help your clients. I think showing legal updates or like just putting out content saying, hey, look, X, Y, Z, uh, changes in the law happen. It doesn't provide much value up front. Mm. It, it's, like it, it, it's okay if to inform people about something that changed, but having that as your primary content marketing strategy uh, I think that's a wrong approach. I think that, yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that yeah, most of the consumers would just assume that you are aware of changes in the law. Exactly, exactly. And and the odds of a law firm ranking for a keyword for a, you know, a, a change in legislation, it's just so, it's so unlikely unless they give their opinion like unless there is a question, like a long tail keyword in Google asking a question about that change in legislation, there's a chance you could rank for that, but not like a broad, not like you're not going to, the, the the websites that get these first page rankings are going to be like, um, you know, like your, your major news outlets, any of these other, like I could go up and check it now, there's places that report on legislation, usually going to be like, oh, yeah big sort of organizations, government websites, not not your small law firms. But hey, like the like the the law firms who are doing these legal updates, like they've got the right um intentions. They're just a bit oh yeah mis- for sure. I, I think the uh, it's great that they got started and I, I like you know I wish I just wish they had like better direction on how to yeah. navigate the content marketing space. Yeah. So all right. So I'll give my opinion here. So I think that um, considering there's a lack of time, lack of, lack of expertise, not fully understanding how content can generate work, maybe not having financial resources to outsource it or maybe thinking that outsourcing is going to be more expensive than it is. There's a few few reasons. So if you're going to get into content marketing, like let's prioritize it. So I think that maybe you only have time to do one type of content and I think 
Um, I would, this is my, my order. I think content for SEO is most important in my opinion. Then if you have a bit of time, then you can do some content for social media. And if you and then if you've got some time left over, make content to build your email list, like create a guide, for example, that people are going to download. What are your thoughts on this, uh, this uh, list? Uh, I want to add an, another category to that, which is like content for your email newsletter subscribers. Okay. Because uh, so it's just for, uh, and I think I would put content for your email newsletter subscribers as number one, because they are warmer leads because they signed up to your newsletter because they yeah. thought you have something valuable to offer. Yeah. So that would be like my number one priority. Two, I would say definitely SEO. And yeah. oh shit, can I swear on this podcast or is that you know PG thirteen? <laughs> right, I'll look, try not honestly, to. I'll, I'll try. I think that saying that word is okay in in these days. I think we'll 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 leave out the C word. We'll leave out the F word. But if you want to, okay. <laughs> probably most other I'll, things. I'll, probably I'll, I'll stick to shit. I'll, I'll stick to shit. All right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I've just lost I, all my listeners. <laughs> they're like all right Brandon, bye. We're out. they're gonna slug <laughs> so yeah Idiot. basically i would say social media i want to put it at last right because i get it social media is great but honestly i feel like if you if you could put all your efforts into seo and guides those will yield better results than like the efforts that you would put into social media Oh yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'd love to like hear your opinions on why that's wrong. But yeah, bring it on. Uh, so I, okay, good. Um, I like arguing. So, um, social media. Well, okay, I think it depends maybe on the practice area. So if you're like a solo practitioner or just a small law firm that's doing, say, family law, I think I think social media is pretty. I think it's more important than building an email list. Oh, um, okay. Um, yeah, I agree with that statement. So I want to say move from like family law and more like B2C as yeah. is that also like immigration, family, like uh, divorce attorneys and like so where the interaction is way more personal because you're coming to them with the personal, the, your clients are coming to you with a personal issue. So in that case, social media is great. And Honestly, it's a great way to show your personality as well. Uh, so yeah, uh, I agree with that statement. Yeah. So it all it really probably comes down to like who's your audience, how big's your law firm, you know, how important other like other uh, other people in the team for for attracting work. And when it comes to like family law, criminal law, like that, uh, yeah, immigration, like that stuff is it's pretty important to sort of show. The, your audience like who you are and that's probably better communicated on you know instagram facebook maybe oh, tiktok sure. <laughs> and, and the, and the, the oh, tiktok's a big thing uh I, I think like for small and like uh small uh, firms it's great uh but for, let's say for like mid mid-sized firms post publishing content on let's say linkedin here it's they do it through their business page and oftentimes uh, i i talk about this a lot so it's i think most law firms are faceless right so they don't have like an image associated with it they see it as a business and not like a group of people trying to help their clients 
And when you post on social media, you it looks like a business is trying to like just get your money, is there for the money. And and I think if you post content from your personal like social media page uh, uh, account, it's much more beneficial than posting it on your like your law firm's business account. That's what I feel like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've found that a lot of family lawyers have had a, a lot more success by creating a an Instagram account that's just all about them and not really promote. Like, yeah, the, the Instagram accounts that I follow on, on Instagram that seem to have really um, grown are the personal brand accounts, not the law firm accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally agree with that. So, where do you? What? Okay. So, what would be like a a, a sort of a, a, an example of a practice area that would maybe not really need to have much of a personality on social media? Ah, uh, <laughs> so more the uh, commercial okay. stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. So, like litigation, arbitration. Yeah, those are like. I, I don't want to say you don't need to have a personality because at the end of the day, like. So I'm assuming that's going to be more B2B, even if it's B2B, like it's more person to person relationship building right before they turn into a client. So you definitely need to have like a personality, but do it through your personal account and not your business account, because most of that personality gets lost in your business law firm uh, Facebook page or LinkedIn page. Yeah, totally. So, all right. So we both agree that content for SEO is probably the priority. So I'll like I'll say like my opinion on that is um, I think that first of all, it's worked really well for my my business. So I get a lot of um, clients myself from lawyers who have been on the Google machine looking for someone that builds websites for law firms or does marketing for law firms. So it's worked great for me. And like a lot of the time, like if someone is using Google, they they will have more intent. They're looking at maybe becoming a client. Okay, not always, obviously. But uh, when it comes to social media, for example, some people are on there just because they're on social media and they don't know what they're like. They're just mucking around and, you know, um, you know, uh, just killing time. So I've found that there's a lot more intent with Google, but also like when you create a piece of content that actually ranks on Google and gets traffic to your website, like that's something that just lives there and is just working for you while you're, you know, you're asleep or you can be doing other things, but like it's, it's there, it's evergreen. But when you're always chasing that social media game, you've always got to be creating new content over and over and over again. So what do you think about that? Oh yeah, uh, definitely agree. Uh, and even for my business, uh, I, I just started like my law firm website like three months ago, and mm. I've, I've been posting like articles consistently, and yeah. I've been getting some good traction with it. Even though it's like a brand new website, so SEO is highly recommended. And well, we're both in this space, so we would highly definitely recommend it. Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk a bit more on like. Uh, do you is it okay if I talk a bit more about like what kind of content they have to do for SEO? Or? Hell no, hell no, no. Of course you can go for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, because like so, I want to see. I want to have like lawyers so people listening uh, to this episode see your website as a sales funnel and not a billboard. 
So, and there's three stages to this sales funnels, right? So it's awareness, engagement, and consideration. And it's very important to produce content for like all three sections of the sales funnel because, you know, you don't know where people are on the sales funnel. And awareness is like all the way at the top. And, you know, if you have no funnel, it's very broad. So it's great to post content that is like super broad. So let's take personal injury here. So it could be 10 things you have to do after a workplace accident. So it, so it needs to get people from Google to your website. That's the goal there. And it's to get as many impressions as possible. And for engagement, this is assuming after you've got them as like a Facebook like or a LinkedIn like, or you got them onto your email list, you have to keep them engaged and provide like value, like educative content. It's like talk more about why they need your legal services or stuff like that. And the last stage is like the consideration stage, which is all the content on your practice area pages, your testimonials, like the social proof elements. And these are all like great for SEO as well. Mm. What do you think? I agree. And I don't agree as well. I think it depends on the, it depends on the client. There are going to be some people out there who definitely will go through those three stages and they need um, a lot more reassurance, but then there's other people that, first of all, they just need to be aware that your law firm exists. So yeah, awareness. So you just need to be visible and a way to do that is to have good SEO. Um, and there are other ways obviously to be visible online, but um, SEO is super good way to become visible. So once they're aware of you, some people might just want to know that you got some good reviews and they're like, okay, they seem to be okay. Um, and then they need to know how to actually contact your law firm and they probably want to know, um, you know, what's that process like? Because as unfortunately, um, some of the legal industry has a reputation for um, charging an arm and a leg and uh, <laughs> giving people sort of no idea how much some, something's going to cost and how long it's going to take and when the billing is going to end. So if you can give people some kind of like reassurance that they can just call you up they can maybe speak with a lawyer and they can get an idea whether or not, you know, they actually need a lawyer and whether or not they want to go down that path. So some people just kind of need that, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, that's like, I think some people are, yeah, you could skip the stages, right? You don't, some, you can nurture through all, the entire sales funnel. Some are like, all right, look, I want X, Y, Z. Like, let me contact you. Yeah, they they just there's I'm I'm like I'm a bit like this like I kind of just want to know what's the what's the business that's you know had the that's been around for a while has a lot of consistent reviews most people seem pretty happy with them like that's usually a pretty good sign like that's how I choose like where I'm like before lockdown like that's how I was choosing like where I'm going to go out and eat like who's got good consistent Google reviews like I don't really need to know much about them like. <laughs> Are they, yeah, is, ever, is everyone else happy? Like, that's kind of what I want to know. Right, yeah. I think the social proof element is a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm always banging on about getting Google reviews. So, um, yeah, like you talk a lot about like communic- using your content to really communicate with an audience. Like I'm kind of like, I might be a bit cynical here, but I, I don't know how much people are really, how much attention people are really paying to all the words on a page. So 
like from my experience, the average consumer, if they find an article, they kind of just skim it. They might like skim the headlines. They're like, oh, yeah, I think that's kind of, I think this this law firm kind of knows what they're talking about. Let's get in touch. But you seem to, you kind of like go the extra mile and you think that like the real, like the way that you're writing really matters. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so we could talk about, I could talk about articles in a second, but I want to focus more on like the static pages, which is like the practice area page. Yeah. So that because, well, like I think people listening to this website uh, episode have to realize that not everyone lands on the homepage. Some people land directly on the practice area page, and you need to have like content tailored to what the pages. It could be because when I work with law firms, it's mostly like. A couple of sentences and like a contact information and say, hey, get in touch. And it doesn't talk much about what the problems in the industry currently are, how you're trying to like, you know, adapt and how you help other clients. I think it's very important to go more into detail to communicate what you're doing because those are like, it may not seem like a lot, but it goes a long way. It could take like it's just like a couple more sentences, but I think that extra touch makes them go, okay, so they know, they understand my problem and they've helped other people like myself. I think they can help me too. And that could potentially, like you said, make you skip like a couple of steps, go from like awareness, skip the consideration, oh, sorry, skip the engagement and go directly to consideration and have them contact you. So I think that's great. And even for like, blog articles you can so like more the more the communication happens more on the static pages the blog articles sure they skim it but yeah if if you get them on the newsletter so there you can have way more how do i put it like a more personal connection Mm. so you you can like target content specifically for them so you could answer questions that they've asked or answer some of the most frequently asked questions. So they know that, okay, so I've had this problem. So, and they're providing me a solution. I think, I think that's like taking it an extra step and giving it like a one-on-one kind of communication. So, okay. So how many of the law firm, okay. So you're dealing with a fair few law firms in your line of work as a, as am I. So how many of them are, uh, how many of them are actually engaging in like consistent email marketing? Uh, not that much. I'm, I'm pushing them more into email marketing because that's, that's like, I feel like that's the real gold mine. But mm. at this stage, it's more about me going to them and saying, hey, look, they signed up to your newsletter because they like what you have to offer. And, you know, they want to know more about how you can help them. So I think you should put more effort into it. Unfortunately, I want to say it's not enough. Mm, yeah, oh, no, absolutely. It's uh, the demand out there for email marketing, like um, the like to pay someone like me to do it. The demand is just so low from what I've found. But like the demand for like, you know, fixing up a website, building a new website, SEO, Google ads, like that's totally, that's totally different. It's like mm-hmm. a lot of the legal industry, for like small and medium-sized law firms, they're really still not engaging in email marketing like they should. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, that's what, so I, I start off, so I think SEO and email marketing go like hand in hand because 
you bring visitors, your more of your ideal clients to your website for your content and then get them to your newsletter. And that's where you can have that personal connection and, yeah. you know, reach out to them or have them reach out to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you've talked a bit about uh, creating content for SEO and you talked about how you've been doing it on your own website as well. So like what's kind of, I know this could, we could talk forever about this, but like <laughs> kind of in a, conden- a condensed version, like what sort of is your, your step-by-step process for creating an article that's going to rank on it on, on Google? All right. Okay. Well, uh, this is a good question. I like this one. So I would say number one, determine user intent. So, I, instead of thinking about hey, going, hey, look, I want to write about this topic today. So that's great, but I validate that by doing keyword research. So I go, I like key search. I don't know what you use. Key search is like it's like seventeen bucks a month. It's it's pretty affordable. So I type in my keyword on in the section and see if people are actually searching for it. If they are, sure, I write an t- uh, article about it. I do like all right, look, these are like other keywords that can target in the article. If not, uh, if there's not enough user intent, I go back to the drawing board. I'm like, all right, look, people are in searching for this, so I'm not going to write about that. So yeah, uh, determine user intent through keyword research. Then I write like a rough, like a, I have like a draft with like, it's everything jumbled. Then I rewrite it a couple of days later, make sure that the headlines and the title are optimized for SEO um, in the sense that they have the keywords in them, the keywords that I'm targeting. And I write the article, have like H1 tags, and I do the meta Just description. One. Just oh, yeah. one H1 tag. Oh, uh, H1 tag. <laughs> the alt descriptions. And yeah, uh, I take it from there. Then like... Sorry, just to, just to butt in, the reason why I interrupted is... Uh, um, usually you would do one H1 tag for oh, sorry. an I article and H1 then, tag. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then you would do like multiple H2 tags and stuff like that. I hope people understand what, what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Keep, yeah, keep going. So, yeah, that's basically, so do research, uh, write the article, do the H1 tag, do the <laughs> H2 tags. Yeah. And then after that, I... Hit publish and make sure I have like good enough length. I try to aim for usually because like I I've like the first page of all the articles or all the SERPs that rank are around 2,000 to like 2,500 words. So I try to go for something around that length and yeah, I uh, hit publish and I promote it on social media. Maybe do some outreach to get some links to that article so that you know it gets higher um, on Google. Okay, so that's a really tough one. So how do you do your outreach to get links? Oh man, that's a I think that's a whole other topic. But yeah, um, I so there's this thing called Haro help a reporter out. I don't know if you know about that. So it's basically. Reporters, uh, journalists looking for experts on a particular topic. So you can sign up to, so you get like three emails every day. It's like a morning, afternoon, and an evening edition. And there's like, so there's always people wanting experts for 
Yeah, especially in our industry about like marketing. It could be like something like how do you get like more, how do you get leads through email marketing? So that could be a topic. So I reach out to them and give my two cents. And if they like it, they give a link to my article or my website. And that's been a great way. And I, I do do like cold emails. Uh, I don't think that's very, it's up there on the list of like people wanting to do cold emails, but it's definitely worked for me to get some good links as well. Yeah, right. Okay. You know, I've, I've, I've used similar websites to Hero, Haro, whatever. That's, that definitely works if you can get in touch with people who are actually looking to give out links. Cold, cold uh, contact can be um, a bit demoralizing at times. <laughs> yeah. And it's, when I first got started, it's super intimidating because yeah. it's like some of the replies were, you know, not, it was like 18 plus replies. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, it was demoralizing, but uh, long term, I think it's been like beneficial. Yeah, cool. Uh, so when you're optimizing a piece of content for SEO, do you have, um, like, are you using like a WordPress plugin that tells you if you've, you know, optimized oh, yeah. sufficiently? So I use uh, RankMate. It's really good. I think that's like one of yeah. the most commonly used ones. So uh, the score, it gives you an idea of, so it gives you an idea for that keyword, how good you're doing. So I make sure that, I think it says, hey, keyword density is not sufficient. Try to include it more times. Mm-hmm. And I also do like internal linking. So sorry, I forgot to mention that when I'm writing the article. So internal linking is a big thing for like SEO. So I try to have around, I don't know, five to six internal links to my other blog articles that are relevant as well. And um, do also do some like outbound links. Uh, so let's say I used some statistics some from like websites so i make sure that i give them like credit for the link as well so that also be that's also does some good for that article but yeah rank math is really good it gives me an idea on like if i had like if my h2 tags has like the keyword in it and stuff like that yeah yeah great so yeah rank math seo uh, wordpress plugin um some of you listening might be using a different wordpress plugin like we both obviously like rank math but uh the other ones will work like if you like yoast for example it'll work in a similar way i just think it's crap but um you've basically yeah you rank math is great you you put your like you put your primary keyword in there and and then it analyzes that that page and it and it tells you like what you've done well and what you could do better um obviously to to the people listening right now you do use your own discretion because it is going to say oh you can go the extra mile and use a power word in your in your headline like and you don't you don't have to do that there's like a certain level where like in the legal industry as well like you sort of Gotta be a little bit reserved with your copywriting right. at times. So usually it's it's really um rank math is great because it'll tell you like, okay, these are the really important things to do. And then if you really want to go like all out, you can there's a few other tips, but usually I would probably some of them I wouldn't recommend. Yeah. Uh, I like so most of the articles that I write. I never go for a score of 100 because no. some of them don't make sense. I, I try to get like anywhere between like 75 to like 80. So yeah. that's a good score to get because some of them go like, hey, use like, like you said, power words. It's like, 
best free and stuff like that. I'm like, ah, uh, that's not the target audience that I want to go for. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Too dramatic. And also sometimes it's going to really want you to up the keyword density. And if you do that, the article is just awful. Like it, it's just, Oh yeah. If it, it feels like you're trying to spam that keyword, right? It says like, yeah. oh, hey, your keyword density is only 0.17. And I'm like, mate, it's, it's pretty good. If I do it anymore, people are just going to not read this article. Yeah, 100%. I'll add one thing, and I think we're going through a pretty similar process for ranking articles. So one other thing I would add in that I can think of right now is um, I like to sort of, when I find the keyword, I'll then look at what pieces of content are actually ranking on the front page and which ones are ranking near the top. And I'll, I'll look at their copywriting, so their titles and their meta descriptions, and I'll think, okay, how can I stand out? Because click-through rate's been really important for me. So if I write a title and a meta description that really pops and offers someone something different um, that's not on the front page, it usually will get a pretty high click-through rate if it's what people want and when people are clicking on a piece of content that tells Google, hmm, people like this, show it more. Yeah, it's like a snowball effect, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Rank Math is great because it also will show you what your title um, tag and meta description and URL structure will look like on a search engine result page. Because I'm a big believer in click-through rate and how how it the copywriting actually looks on on a search engine result page. So it'll actually like it'll tell you, like you'll be able to see if your head heading is too long on a mobile device. It, it, it'll like cut off, right? Yeah, it's exactly. Really yeah, exactly. So yeah, cool. So that's so important. God, like right, like if you if you're strapped for time as a law firm, if you can only do one thing, learn how to create articles so po- like blog posts practice area pages whatever learn how to create those those the, the stuff that will actually rank on google if that's the only thing you can do do oh, that yeah. i think that's something we both agree on no oh. disagreement there and we strongly disagree on everything else <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> okay yeah and uh social media cool i think we talked about that yeah we both agree with the email listing maybe um what was one other thing? So like what sort of, okay, we talked about articles, but like what other sort of styles of or types of content? So what other mediums do you think are really important? Like videos, podcasts, and whatever else I'm not thinking of right now, you know. Uh, webinars is like a big thing. So it's part of video, okay. but it's a bit different. Uh, I've seen like, so this, so we'll, we've talked about more on like B2C, right? So like how, if you're like a family lawyer, um, it's great to have like an Instagram and stuff like that. And webinars seem to be doing really good for like the B2B industry. I don't know how, maybe it's just like other lawyers love webinars and stuff like that, but they seem to be doing really good. It's so I've spoken to like a couple of people who only do webinars because they think that it builds. I think it's like there's, there's video, there's audio, and you're actually like talking like, person to person and there's like a more personal connection i guess so yeah webinars seem to be doing really good but i don't have the faintest clue on how to run one so not the place Mate, i can't think of anything worse than spending more time like that's like isn't everyone doing enough zoom like obviously it's good ch- chatting to you on zoom right now but law firms a lot of them are i'm um, 
they're spending a lot of time on Zoom on their computer. Like the last thing I would want to do is just be strapped on a computer to a webinar that I can't skip. And uh, like, uh, but I reckon maybe if they're doing well, maybe it's just a easy way for some law firms or lawyers to get their CPD points. So it's mm-hmm. I'm continuing practical development. Is that it? Professional development. Professional yeah. development. I think that might be it. Like, because they can't go out to like events at the moment. So maybe they're just listening to a, a webinar so they can get their points. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, what, what do you think about like videos? Do you think videos? Uh, I primarily focus on like articles and I do do like YouTube SEO, but I do not want to get into like video management or like production. Have you dabbled in that space? Uh, well, the first like five episodes of my podcast, I, I filmed and I put them on YouTube and then I just, I got sick of filming. So I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that is me. Oh, I, I, I did one episode and I knew, okay, YouTube is not my tick. Let's stick the podcast. Yeah. Look, yeah. It's, oh, mate, videos. I think that I, I'll go back to my point on prioritizing stuff. If you are a, a law, lawyer, law firm um, that uh, has not been consistent with your content marketing, I would be focusing on just sorting out this SEO thing. So creating a piece of content for SEO, just a, start with, I'm just going to say once a month. And if you can keep that up for six months, then increase the frequency until you've got a habit and see what you can manage. And then you know, have a have a presence on social media if that's important for your audience so that people know that you're, you know, you're a human being with a personality and that you're open for work and that, you know, that you're easy to, you're approachable and, and build your email list. And look, video marketing can be great. I think there are other things that are more important, but video marketing can really take you to the next level, especially so you can really connect with some people out there who might never read one of your articles, who might not really be you know, engaging much on with your uh, social media posts. But if you can do a video, you might reach some of those people that really need that. So that's my my thoughts. But then there's some law firm. There are some people out there who might feel pressured to do a video and they might do more harm than good. Like if they're really awkward on the video or if they come across like not very approachable if because if they're stressed and then the video, they they it might not put them in a good light. So there's always that to consider. Oh, yeah. And you can definitely feel it if they're not approachable, right? Yeah. And someone might come across the wrong way on a video because they're so anxious about doing that um, that it could actually be a a terrible idea and they'd be better off doing nothing at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, if 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 you're not comfortable being in front of like a camera, stick to articles and because seo is the best way so yeah yeah more articles creating videos depending on depending on how much production quality you want it can be a massive pain in the ass uh, and it can be very easy to uh, not do it if it takes so much time to set up the camera and to get a quiet room and to make sure you've got you've done your makeup and you know i i don't do my makeup but if you're someone who does makeup and like, there are just so many things involved in maybe getting a, a video of high quality done that it can be so easy to quit. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think like in, when people get into like video marketing, they also think about, Oh, I need like the highest quality camera. I need like the best mic setup. And 
that is often not the case because you could spend a buttload of money into that equipment. And if you're only going to shoot like two episodes, you just wasted all that money. So yeah, I think start off with like an iPhone camera and your AirPods do like a couple of episodes, see if you can, you know, stay consistent. I think consistency is the key here. If you can yeah. do it, like, like if you start now and if you can do the same thing in a year, then invest in like a good quality setup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there you go. So I guess, um, I guess wrapping up, I, I'm hoping that the people listening to this have kind of gotten an idea of like why content is important um, and how it's actually going to generate work and what to prioritize. I think we, we at least both agreed SEO content is king. And then they, any, people who are listening, they can either decide to, you know, go go on your side with uh, your recommendations or mine. But at the end of the day, if, if a law firm is creating regular content that is getting some traffic on Google, then I think we've done our job. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think that's, that's the best way to put it. And definitely go back and listen to uh, Kaushik's step-by-step process on ranking content for SEO because that's pretty much how it's done. And if you take one thing from this episode, I think, um, yeah, do that. Um, maybe... Um, is it all right if people just get in touch with you um, and oh, yeah, if they have sure. any questions about that step-by-step process? Um, yeah, they can just nag you or they can just, you know, get a pen and paper out and just try and write it all down. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Depends. Yeah. But there you go, man. Good stuff. Yeah, it was great. T- it was great chatting with you today. Hopefully you don't steal too many clients from me. Uh-huh. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to go easier. <laughs> Awesome. Um, cool. Well, uh, thanks to everyone who's had a listen today. Um, just uh, reminding you that there are some really cool links in the description um, to learn more about me and to learn more about Kaushik. And uh, yeah, look, um, mate, I'll just um, wrap it up and we'll just uh, turn off the recording soon. We'll have a quick yarn and get on with our day. So Yeah, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your host, Brennan Kelso, and you've been listening to Better Law Firm Marketing. All right, bye for now.